Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to Self-Proclaimed. My name's Vire and I shall be your host. How are we all doing? I hope you've been keeping well, enjoying whatever sunshine there is in this musty dusty UK or wherever you are to be honest. I forget that I have like a little bit of a bigger reach so so cool, so fun, so fresh. Anyway, yeah, I hope you've been good. It's been a while since I've caught you guys, but not too long. As I said in my last episode, I'm a busy bee, booked and busy, you know the drill. Busy body life forever and ever. Um, Yeah, the last episode was quite fun. I think quite a few people enjoyed it and it was just interesting to hear bits and bobs that you don't necessarily get to know about a person unless you ask directly I'm so bad at like getting to know people and I'm not sure why I have such bad social skills like is it borderline autism potentially but when it comes to getting to know people I just don't know what questions to ask so it's quite fun to have you guys ask me questions and then be able to answer them and be like hmm fascinating but anyway that is not the point of this episode i am coming to you with a big fat rundown of my last under 23 world championships where i got silver so i came second second fastest in the world in the open weight women's double skulls so yeah that's pretty freaking cool that is pretty damn cool if I do say so myself um it's so weird like because right after you're you're obviously craving just some downtime but it's so weird to sort of just feel like literally on top of the world and then like come back home and I have been a lazy bum for the past few days and rightfully so I was knackered when I tell you I was sleeping for about 12 hours a day and the other 12 spent on TikTok but it's good to unwind it's good to have a reset mentally and physically god knows I need it anyway where do I even begin okay we'll start with the actual journey itself on where we began and sort of going into the project and then I'll start talking about the emotions and the feelings and just where I am now there's a lot to tell so buckle in grab yourself a cup of water I know that I have one because I'm so bad like whenever I start recording a podcast I just think that I can talk for England and then I never have a sip of water and I'm like why like why am I why is my throat closing up right now because you've been talking for about half an hour babes but anyway grab yourself a cup of water a little snack buckle in let's get into it so i was in the double with the same person that i was in the double with last year and we got bronze which was super duper cool as well because that was my first ever under 23 world championships um unfortunately because of covid i wasn't able to experience more and the way it works with rowing i don't really know how it works with other sports but It's sort of like if you are turning 23 in the year, you are not under 23, which makes complete and utter sense. So next year I'll be turning 23, even though right now I'm 21, hence why this is my last season of under 23s. Um, Yeah, which is kind of bittersweet. I think I'm definitely ready to transition into being a senior, but it's quite nice having a little bit of a bubble you know if I'm not quite hitting the speeds it's like oh but I'm an under 23 you know I don't have to compete with the seniors 24 7 um but yeah going into the double 
it started off pretty well I would say I was just coming back from injury and Catherine was just coming back from having swept for like the entire year so there were a lot of like silly mistakes that we were both making just from the fact that we've not been sculling like we've not really been in a boat let alone a double together in a very very long time so it was quite nice to have almost every session just instantly see progression and like be like oh this is how you row just learning the basics and executing them well and I had my coach so my center coach Helen Brown coaching us for this project too which is nice and like comfortable and familiar and she sort of just knows how to coach me she knows what makes me tick what makes me happy and she just knows me okay so we were also a really really good start we did Henley Women's and going into that we were sort of just told just do do a piece basically don't really race the time trial just start and finish with some level of intensity you know and that went okay <laughs> it was it was funny I don't even know if I should go into the full story because this is just not adding much character but I will I will I said this is going to be a long one so we might as well um yeah we did our race and well the time trial which is just sort of to get everyone's speed so you know how to form like the seeding and the the racing tree and we came third but apparently it was like a very very close gap between first second and third essentially putting us in a very uncomfortable position very very uncomfortable position um and what added salt to the wound like just added fuel to the fire was the fact that we stopped before the line I don't know I think they must have been having problems with their buzzer like their stop their stop buzzer but we had heard the buzzer but the buzzer was for the crew behind us and we did not realize at all that we were that close to the crew behind us because I don't know you didn't we didn't see that wash we just we weren't aware of it like no one shouted like oh like watch out for us so we heard the buzzer we stopped and we're drifting through and then we hear another buzzer and we're both looking around like who the fuck was that for surely not us and then when I realized I literally scream fuck and obviously I had to apologize because I forget there's like all these you, you can't basically swear and just be crude but I was mega fucking fuming I was so angry and just like not angry at anyone in particular but it was just one of those things like freaking race 101 the most basic thing you row through the line but I don't know I feel like it's harder when you hear a buzzer I'd rather see like a flag or something because then you row through it and the, by the time you've seen it your bow is basically across the line anyway so the fact that it, we heard a buzzer and didn't even look for a flag or anything ugh, it just it felt like the most stupid mistake to make and then on top of that us putting ourselves in an uncomfortable position because the way it works with seeding is obviously first we'll have the easiest race and in this case first even got a bye so they didn't have to race until it was like the semi-finals and then second they get easier races and then third we'll basically have to race first and if everything goes to plan third we'll have to race second as well so we were in the position where we had to race the crew that came first and oh my god that it, i can laugh now but in the moment i was 
absolutely shitting bricks, mate. Because I was like, Catherine, like, we're not slow, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm the least cocky person when it comes to things. I mean, people assume that I'm cocky because I'm confident. I just know my worth. I just know what I'm capable of, okay? So let's not get this wrong. I didn't think it was going to be easy. I didn't think it was going to be a walk in the park by any means. But I just thought that we would be able to deliver a performance that would put us in a more comfortable position but clearly not you know everyone's raised their game everyone's stepped up their game and I love that that's what the sport is for competition is fun um so yeah going our first race wasn't too difficult we were against like people that we had beat in the time trial um and then our second race was another one I think that wasn't too too difficult my memory is sort of blurred with like Henley Royal as well. But anyway, the semi-final was against the people that had come first. And I feel like you have like such a psychological advantage knowing that you've beaten someone before. So you kind of would let the ego overtake and just like give everything physically to not like let the person that you've beaten beat you, which is completely valid. And another thing about Catherine and I, at that time, we did not have a sprint. We did not have a start. We had just the middle K. Henley Women's is 1.5K. There is no middle K. So um, yeah, that was definitely proving to be very difficult. Um, but somehow we, we succeeded. Went through that race, dog slow off the start, and the people that came first literally just put a lens in on us, lens. And I remember we got about a K in and not even, not even a K in, I would say actually more like 500 meters in. And I was sort of just like, we've lost it. So let's just have a good race. Let's just row well. Somehow that allowed us to actually row more effectively and just plow through. So yeah, that was pretty cool. We ended up winning that race with literally like, only a few meters to spare genuinely we just managed to find some more towards the end and I think the moment we realized that we were back in it we were like oh my god it's it's almost too late like we, we've absolutely got to move and then it's even funnier listening to the commentary because they had written us off before the race finished rightfully so please I urge you to go and watch that race because we were down we were down bad and as I said, we don't have a sprint, so it was kind of like, okay, there's no coming back for us. Um, but yeah, the commentary all throughout was like, oh, like this boat, the boat that was beating us, it's going to be a very interesting race for them in the final, like once they progress through this round and get to the final. Da, da, da. So yeah, quite funny. And I remember finishing that race and I literally was like, oh my God, I love you so much. Like, Catherine, that was unreal. That was incredible because we managed to surprise ourselves and we managed to see a side of ourselves that we never even had the opportunity to explore. We'd, we'd never been pushed to that extent where we had to find a sprint and we had to find more. So it was really, really cool that we managed to. And as for the final, going into that, I was feeling less stressed just because I know that the crew that we were racing hadn't had as difficult racing as us. So I was sort of like, okay, if they beat us then fair play, fair enough completely valid um and if we beat them great we get to win so there wasn't much stress going into it and I think Catherine felt the same way obviously we both want to win and we like winning but we'd also been training throughout just because we weren't trying to peak 
for Henley. We were trying to peak for the world, which were, I think, even a month away. So yeah, there were so many factors around it that was just like, if we don't win, it's completely valid and completely explainable. Um, but yeah, sort of just happened the exact same way. Dead last off the start, but we managed to stay in it a lot more. I think we knew it was going to be difficult. So we were like, okay, if we can spend as much energy in that first half, yeah, we're not great off the start, but we definitely can plow and like get the watts down. So if we can do that in the first half, then it will give ourselves a better chance for the second half, which it did. It went really well, but once again, we had to whip out a monster sprint and it was so, so tough. I think, I think, yeah, the word that I would use to describe sort of this whole project and like just from start to finish is tough fun but tough we definitely weren't given an easy ride well like it's never going to be easy but I don't know I feel like last year there was just a lot more confidence going into it because it was so new and there was no expectation whereas this year when there's a little bit of expectation you know like in our first year together we managed to get onto the podium which is pretty freaking crazy um so our second year together surely we should be doing better the pressure's there and you internalize that and that's just what goes through your head even though no one says anything and i don't think anyone de would dare say anything but I definitely felt that element of like, okay, we've really got to step it up. So Henley Women's, we did, and it was great. It was so nice to win. That was like my first win of the season as well. And it just, it felt so good to have something that was like con concrete evidence that we're on the right track and that we're finding new ways to get faster. You know, we're not relying on our old ways to be fast. And it was exciting too, because it was just like, okay, now we know that we have these things, how can we perfect them? How can we get even better? And then we had Henley Royal about a couple of weeks after. Oh my God. The conditions of Henley Royal, back-breaking. Back-breaking, life-altering. Where do I even begin? There was one of our races, I think it was the semi the semi-final no or maybe the quarter-final nine minutes it took a women's double nine that's a very long time for those of you that don't know worrying that is like disgustingly long i don't think even in my single i've done a race that's nine minutes long okay so yeah conditions dog awful disgusting treacherous um and at that point I kind of was feeling a little bit tired because as I said, we'd been training throughout Henny Women's and uh, it was just kind of annoying because other athletes, other under 23s, their programs that they were on, they were probably still running with their university programs because they had Henley Royal. They were tapering and stuff and they were feeling fresh. So yeah, once again, we went into Henley Royal not feeling the most fresh, but knowing that we had to deliver and knowing that we had a job to do, especially because crew selection was the like, literally a day after Henley Royal so yeah pressure was on our first few races went pretty well and we definitely found some gems within them especially with our start we just got so much cleaner off the start so much more powerful and so much more effective 
which was really nice to see. Once again, seeing those massive gains with such little work almost, just by communicating and saying, oh, how do you actually think we should start our race? You know, what what are you thinking about when I'm saying legs? And I think that's a major thing that Helen managed to teach us just the importance of communication and the importance of understanding like when you're on a crew boat when you're working with someone else understanding how they perceive certain words or certain actions and also what they're trying to get out of certain words and certain actions you know being on the same page is so crucial because at the end of the day you could row awfully but if you're doing the same thing it's going to be much faster than two people rowing pretty good but not doing the same thing so yeah we stepped on bounds and leaps within that and we got to the final where we were against the Canadian national team lightweights. And as I said, it was a raging headwind. <laughs> but last year we had this as well with lightweights. We didn't we didn't make it nearly as far as we did. I think we literally just got to like the quarterfinal. But there was a headwind and we just convinced ourselves. We were like, yeah, we can definitely beat these national team, like international, amazingly excellent, skilled rowers because it's a headwind and you just, you know, yeah, you, you get yourself into a position. Once again, it's not cockiness. It's far from it. It's just delusion, actually. You get yourself into delusional positions where you're like, I can do it. But you know what? A little bit of delusion is needed as an athlete. If you don't think that you are capable of being the best in the world, then what are you doing it for, you know? Um, so yeah, we went into that race really hyped up. I was definitely nervous because I, I wanted to win and this was the closest that I've ever been to winning Henley Royal, which is like quite a prestigious event. I would say some people regard it higher than the Olympics in rowing because of the history and tradition that comes with it. They have their ways to go. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm not saying it's the most perfect event in the world. Far from it, actually. Just in terms of like diversity and inclusion and just like the most basic things like including more women's categories. But anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, yeah, it's a prestigious event. And I think as like a black woman in rowing, there is once again this unspoken pressure that I have to succeed it's hard to explain and I think there's a lot to unpack there but whenever I'm close to sort of like being the best at something that's when I'm just like okay like now I need it more than ever just because I want I want to pave the way I sort of want to be like not the poster child but I want I want to show other young black girls in rowing or just young girls or just anyone I want to show them that they are capable of being in these positions and you know being proud of not coming from the stereotypical rowing background so yeah and I mean I'm aware that that's not my responsibility that's not my job my responsibility and my job is to have fun going fast um but I just want it so bad. I just, I want to inspire the masses. So yeah, in this position, kind of nervous because they're 
incredibly talented people and also a bit delusional because I'm like it's a headwind the longer the race the better as I said if we have one thing it's that middle k that middle k is the creme de la creme when it comes to our racing um but yeah we we got off the start pretty good we were in contact the whole race but when I tell you the other crew were just so seasoned and they had been rowing together the entire season I'm assuming or definitely longer than Catherine and I had and on top of that they were freaking national team level like international athletes seniors this is not their first rodeo okay like Catherine and I were just a, a couple of silly goofy gals doing a thing or two you know so it was definitely a pleasure to be able to race them and a privilege to come as close as we did we like didn't embarrass ourselves at all we gave it our all and you know it was tough it was really difficult and after that race I actually just broke down into tears because I was just so overwhelmed like the conditions were awful I felt like I rode like crap and that's another thing as well I just want to be able to have pride in what I do and sort of like pride in my my craft and just my skill and whenever I feel like I could have done something better that upsets me more than the outcome itself so I remember crying and I was like thinking fuck like people are gonna think that I'm crying because I lost I don't care that I lost okay like what we achieved is pretty freaking awesome I just feel like I could have done better and it was in that moment that I did have to sort of take it on the chin and feel my feelings I let it all out and I think I was just knackered too to be honest I was so tired and we pushed ourselves to the absolute extremes in the worst conditions ever so yeah it will take it out of you and I was just very emotional this year I've been a lot more emotional <laughs> if you can't tell by my last episodes but yeah it was a good race it was great and then we went out we had some fun and we were on to crew formation. So crew formation is essentially a period of time where you'll get trialed and sort of swapped around. And you, from the athlete's perspective, most of the time you have no clue what's going on. Sometimes you do have a clue what's going on, but the, the coaches make it very clear to you that it's not your seat to have, you know, like it's it's not got your name written on it. You have to perform, you have to earn it, which is entirely valid. Like that is just sport in general, isn't it? You can't, if you're not the fastest person, if you're not, if you don't suit it the best, then they'll just replace you with someone that does. So yeah, we went into crew formation with an understanding that they would send the double so long as we perform well. Last year, crew formation was pretty undramatic. We had to do two runs. Um, so how do they do it now? Um, the distance varies depending on how many people there are. So for us, because we were women's girls, there wasn't as many people as, you know, like the men's sweep, for example. So we did it over 1500. But when there's more people, there'll have to be more runs. So I think they usually shorten the distance, but I don't know, I could be mistaken. I only know it from my angle. Um, so yeah, I went into it feeling confident, but still very like, honey, this is not your seat to have. I was just like, it's, it's not going to get handed to you. Um, and you better work. And the coaches once again made that very clear to us. They were like, listen, if you do this first run correctly, you'll be fine. 
but you have to do this first run correctly so it's kind of like okay okay I see where you're coming from and it's entirely valid like they need to be able to show numbers to the people that are like funding this project and so on and so forth so yeah we went into it hand in the freaking fire man and the thing as I said everyone stepped up their game this year so we were against other under 23 doubles um and when I tell you it just it was not easy I think last year the depth was a little bit less so it felt easier for us to sort of be doing slower speeds but this year we really had to make sure we were on top form and that we were like alert and in it and the first run went really really well I think um well I mean I don't think I know because we didn't have to do another one which was really cool and not many people have the opportunity to say that but yeah at that point I was confident that something good was going to come of this project and it just it was another little token for me to reflect on whenever I was feeling nervous or feeling unprepared it's like okay no we've been selected now because we did a cracking performance so yeah we got selected but because of the treacherous conditions at Henley Royal, we had a couple of niggles. For me, it was just my hip. I literally was not able to erg without it hurting. Um, and that was kind of scary, I would say. I kind of have forgotten it, but now that I've mentioned it, I remember genuinely being like, fuck, am I gonna get replaced? Like, is my hip gonna get worse? Thank God for the amazing physios that were around and helped me just put one and two together and be like okay you need to do this you need to do that so I was able to mend myself back to health and just keep an eye on it and I think as well having had injury and like not listening to my body it was really difficult because I was like how far can I push this like if I'm in a position where I'm in excruciating pain can I trust myself to speak up? And that's a very interesting situation to be in. It's not really something that I would wish on my worst enemy because this me- like this meant so much to me. It means so much to me, you know, to be able to race and perform and actually have something to hold for this very long, very tiresome season that I've endured. You know, it would have really sucked if I was not able to even make it to the start line of worlds so yeah I'm really really grateful for the support system that we had in place and really grateful to myself as well for speaking up and making sure that I didn't push myself too far but yeah there was definitely some anxiousness and nerves going into that um but yeah then we managed to crack on with training they had us in a heat chamber which was wild which was absolutely insane it was so difficult i'm gonna do a reel about it i'm gonna like post a reel and try and do a voiceover i don't really do voiceovers but i'll try and explain it but it was so difficult but basically last year catherine and i got heat stroke when it was 28 degrees in reading um and where we raced in bulgaria plovdiv it was at least mid 30s some days it got up to low 40s so (laughs) yeah we were kind of put on heat stroke watch and we were in a heat chamber for three sessions and it was just very difficult the training itself in general wasn't too taxing but for me it was quite mentally taxing just because we knew we had to sort of fine tune a lot of skills and a lot of my anxiousness was coming from the fact that I just felt so inexperienced and I felt like 
having missed out on a majority of the season and like just not been able to be in a boat there were just so many silly mistakes I was making like not having a left handy like if you're a rower you'll understand how silly these mistakes are and it's just like the most basic things and it, it kind of like pissed me off because I was like you know this you know it but to be able to do it especially doing it under pressure it just slipped my mind um but for me I know the type of person I am like practice definitely makes perfect so it was just sort of having to commit to those strenuous tedious days of doing skills and getting bogged down in the nitty-gritty but other than that training was going well and like classic when we're told to do a piece unless we're threatened not that we don't care but I know for me I definitely struggled to emulate that same sort of passion and burn and desire as I would have on race day which is why I think we surprise ourselves a lot when it comes to racing because in training we do sort of dilly dally and like I think we're probably just really thinking about technique or you know we're, we're not really thinking like oh my gosh my life is on the line here so yeah we had our speed order and were sort of middle to bottom of the pack it, it really wasn't that great I don't know we were feeling a bit dead from having our sessions in the heat chamber as well but yeah we didn't think too much about it because last year the exact same thing happened our speed order was god awful and we still managed to make it onto the podium um so yeah I think our experiences from last year definitely helped us keep a cool level head going into it this year so we ended up getting to Plovdiv with about I want to say like five days before racing began a good few days before racing and just sort of acclimatizing adjusting to the weather and the food there and the environment whilst we were there we had to do like morning monitoring which involved getting urine samples to make sure that we were hydrated taking our heart rate just to make sure that we've rested enough we're not coming down with any illnesses and just filling out some like qualitative data about perceived shape and how how rested you felt so yeah it was good we were in a good routine I really liked the routine that we were in it was very simple very standard and just easy to follow it didn't feel too different to what we would be doing back in the UK um which I appreciate as someone that's like neurodivergent with like my ADHD it's usually a factor that I'm quite timid about like if things change too much and like if the food changes changes too much like is there something that irritates me will I be able to be in the correct headspace especially with so much tension going on you know the tensions of having to race um but yeah we, we were good we were groovy we had our heat on Thursday so we only had 11 entries which meant it was like a heat repechage and then the final so in our heat we drew quite the whammy we drew the romanians which were the defending world champions um and it was only one person from the heat was able to go straight through to the final um which was on sunday and 
when we were having our meeting with our coach, we, we assessed the pros and cons of, you know, being able to get through and not being able to get through. And to be fair, there were equally pros and cons for both scenarios. I think that obviously the more racing experience, the better. So if we didn't immediately get through, we'd have another chance. But that other chance comes with higher stakes. If we mess up on that other chance, then we could find ourselves not even in contention of getting on the podium. So, yeah, luckily that race went absolutely crackingly, like unbelievably well. Genuinely, when we were talking about scenarios, which I loved as well, we spoke a lot about different scenarios, literally every single possible scenario that could happen. And as someone that was sat at bow, so I was sat in the back of the boat, well, slash the front of the boat. Um, so I made the calls and I, I basically would give myself little scripts to say in each scenario. So there was a scenario where we're dead last of the start, what are we gonna do? Scenario where we're up at the start, what are we gonna do? Scenario where someone tries to row through us, what are we gonna do? Scenario where we're clear ahead from start to finish, what are we gonna do? So that last scenario, we, we said it in passing, we were sort of like, that's not gonna happen. We have the defending world champions in this heat. They are not going to let us have it, okay? So, yeah, we closed over it and just focused on the first three scenarios. Like, we're going to be down at some point of the race. How are we going to attack that? How are we going to come back from that? And yeah, I went into it. I was like feeling quite nervous, but once again, aware of the pros and the cons. Like, if we get through, fantastic. We've done it. We have the confidence of we're fast enough and like being the fastest if we don't get through we have another chance to perfect our race plan and get ourselves ready for the final on sunday so we are doing our warm-up and stuff like that i'm feeling a little bit nervous but we're still doing our little sing song that's another thing that i absolutely adore about like rowing with catherine the fact that we know how to have a good time I genuinely have never been, I don't think I've even like trained with people that just know how to have a really giggly bubbly time when the pressure's on. I, f I always feel like I'm really annoying whenever I'm giggly and bubbly when the pressure's on just because I know that other people are feeling really anxious and sometimes that energy is not appreciated which is fair enough. Everyone deals with stress in their own way but Catherine and I's energy really aligned and it just felt like I finally had met someone that gets it you know the girls that get it get it okay so we're having our sing song on the start line we're feeling good we're we're channeling all the nerves just into making sure that we're focused we know the plan and we're gonna do the damn thing so we got off the start and we're up we're first of the 500 I believe and we just know we're like okay it's not done till it's done it's not done till it's done especially because the romanians are known for having a nasty sprint when i tell you like they will drop you for dead you could be lengths ahead and they will just clear the freaking path so we get about to the 1500 and i'm like we're still ahead it's kind of crazy what's going on and I just call for us to hold the speed, you know, like it's basically almost over. I was still very, very nervous. So I wasn't, I think I was getting more and more nervous as the line approached because I was like, oh my God, if they overtake us now, like all of that hard work would have been for nothing. So I'm not rowing as clean as I should have, but in general, the race plan, the execution, perfection. It was really, really good. Even like at the middle, we could tell they were trying to come back and we did a little push just to make sure 
that there was sort of no no sense of us like i don't know how to explain it but like when you're racing you can see your opponent's puddles and you can see the wash the moment you get a taste of that wash the moment you get a glimpse of that wash you're like you're on them like you are so close to them let's go so we just wanted to make sure that we were clear water far enough ahead that they didn't have any sense of like oh yeah like we can do it excuse me so yeah that was quite fun it gave us a lot of confidence but it gave us too much time we were kind of going crazy so we had from thursday until sunday of nothingness of just absolute nothingness we would go and do a session in the morning but obviously we couldn't train in the afternoon unless it was like the evening just because there was racing throughout the day and also it was scorching hot it was so so hot as i said some days it was even low 40 degrees i'm not gonna go on a nice afternoon stroll and risk getting sunstroke heat stroke you know like i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna bottle it up so close to racing so we were kind of just in our hotel room i developed a hardcore tiktok addiction which i am not proud of okay you guys know my struggle with tiktok i'm it's it's my most addictive substance um <laughs> so yeah it was just kind of like boring and uh, every day it felt the same and we kept on quoting that tiktok sound that was like make the toast butter the toast shit the toast gosh life is relentless like we just felt like robots and uh, it was mind numbing at some point i think the day before the day before the finals what day is that like friday or something that was our most cuckoo crazy day our most delirious day we were screaming and just bouncing off the walls but yeah it wasn't too bad in hindsight like in retrospect i'm like okay could have been much worse but at the time i felt like a prisoner and i hate being cooped up i hate having to sort of like sit and do nothing and it was really annoying because We'd want to go and socialise with other people, but other people would be racing as well. And we didn't want to hear the race chat because that would just make us nervous for no reason. So yeah, most of the time was just spent in our rooms, doing nothing, being boring, until finals day. So Sunday came around a lot slower than expected. I felt like it was going to come around quickly, but as I said, we were so bored. Um, and oh my God, the nerves that I was experiencing on my mother's life i have never been so nervous in my life and it was such like an aggressive hum of nerves i was just unable to get out of my head i could not control my thoughts and like i've been i've started my sports psychology which has been really really good and like it's like more than sports psychology it's like therapy everything an absolute iconic woman that i'm working with um and she gave me a bunch of tips and tricks so i did like my visualization i did all my calming techniques nothing was working and it got to a point that i was like getting nervous about being nervous and knowing that when i'm nervous i perform my worst and knowing that when i'm calm i perform my best so i was like nervous about being nervous about being nervous about being calm about like awful it was terrible it was painful genuinely and my heart was just like beating so fast i t when i tell you like i was lying there trying to listen to my brown noise and just calm the fuck down I, I remember saying to my coach i was like i need to calm the fuck down like 
oh it was so annoying and then i was getting like pissed off at myself as well because i was like if you don't fucking get your shit together vire like i'm gonna be so mad so yeah when i tell you the he- the headspace wasn't headspacing okay the mentality i don't even know i just i guess it just means a lot to me like to be able to be in that position and like even in the heat i forgot to mention that was the fastest time we'd ever done so just knowing the potential that we had and knowing how how much i wanted it and just how close i was it was like ah don't fuck it up don't fuck it up don't fuck it up like that's just what i kept on saying to myself and yeah oh gosh even speaking about it i feel like my heart rate increasing because it was so stressful but i got to a point where i was like no like i can't continue like this i'm gonna do something fucking dumb if i don't calm down i tried calling my mom because speaking to her always does the trick but unfortunately she didn't pick up so i had to call my sister which is not she's not she's not a bad person to call sometimes she's in a silly goofy mood though and i was like I hope she's not in a silly goofy mood and doesn't tell me to go fuck myself or whatever but I just remember I literally like I heard her voice and I burst into tears I was like SA I'm so nervous right now and I just can't calm down and like she spoke to me she calmed me down she was like you're you're fine like you can do it and I was like I just feel like I can't do it that's another thing as well like I just felt like the imposter syndrome was taking over i was like there is no reason that i should be in this position that i am right now like this season has gone everything but my way like everything has gone wrong so why the fuck am i here like how the fuck did i get here um so yeah i remember she she was saying like you can do it it's fine you can do it we pray together and she was just like you know god knows what's in your heart god has seen how far you've come and like the thing that really stuck with me was the fact that she was just like, you know, we're proud of you regardless, you know, wherever you end up, whatever position you end in, we're proud of you regardless, and that sort of anchored me and brought me back down to earth, because I was like, at the end of the day, it's not about the outcome, you know, the fact that you've made it this far, you've managed to improve exponentially in comparison to where you were last season, and this season didn't even go your way, come on, Barry, like, just let's put pit let's put things into perspective and let's actually anchor ourselves and get back down to earth you're doing amazing sweetie so yeah that was really nice to hear and that really really helped me just calm down and I felt so zen and then after that I was listening to like gospel music I was just like I need Jesus I need the Lord God himself because the nerves were like crippling almost like debilitating anyway then we went on to do our warm-up on the water it was quite hot there was even like freaking forest fires going on like that's how hot it was might i add it was scorching hot just this like dry heat you know like your mouth feels funny and then you have to race in that quite savage but yeah we were doing our warm-up i was still crying a little bit just because I was so fucking scared, like, the fear, oh yeah, another thing I forgot to mention about the heat, after it, my body went into shock, my body went into shock, I was hyperventilating, and just really consumed with fear, and like, I was, I remember saying, I was so scared, I was so scared, just because, once again, I, I just had this underlying thought that I can't do it, and the fact that I managed to do it, I was like, 
ah, what the fuck? So it took me quite a while to cool down after the heat. And that was just the first race, you know, let alone the final. So you can imagine how stressed I was for the final if the heat was putting me in that position. But anyway, we're waiting at the start line and my coach sees us and she can tell we are shitting bricks. She can tell that there is not a chance we'll be doing our sing-song dancey dance, okay? But she ends up doing it for us. She ends up giving us a little sing and I was like, I can't, I can't let her make a, make a fool of herself by herself. So of course I join in and I think that really helped to like diffuse the tension and just add a little bit of a break from those relentless thoughts, those nerve-wracking thoughts. So I really, really appreciated that. And like, just the fact that she could see how much this meant to us and knew what we needed. That was like quite a nice moment. Anyway, we get to the start line and I remember Catherine saying, it's gonna be over so soon. And feeling excited by that, feeling like I can't fucking wait for this to be over because if I continue with this amount of adrenaline and this level of nerves, I think I might just explode. I genuinely think my heart will like give up on me and I don't even know, my brain's just gonna explode. It was the most stressed that I've ever been in my life and I don't know, it was a very weird position to be in because I know how much it means to me but what I was scared about was just the dumbest things but that's that's the human brain isn't it anyway we get off the start and even before the start sorry I'm so bad at storytelling but it was quite a tailwind and we are not we are not loving the tailwind vibes because as I said like our best part is the middle case. So the longer the race is, the better because we have the power and we have the engine to just plow through. And on top of that, it was like a cross tail. So the wind sort of was pushing us about and being the person at bow, my job is to make sure that we're straight. So then that added another element of pressure because I was like, what if we catch a crab on one of the boys? Like, what if we hit one of the boys? What if we end up just not even in our lane? You know, like, ugh. The conditions just weren't perfect okay <laughs> and i was like they need to be perfect so yeah well we're on the start and i'm tapping to make sure that we're straight literally wetting myself pissing in the fucking boat if i could have shat myself i would have okay um just the most stressed that i've ever been and then yeah see the lights and when you see the lights as well, so like it's like a red light and then it's a green light. There's also a sound that goes with it as well, but you just, you don't want to miss it. So I remember my eyes were getting so dry because my eyes, I did not allow myself to blink. And then the air's really dry and then there's a bit of wind. Oh God, I was just absolutely in a hole before we even began the race. So yeah, see the light and then it turns green and we hear the buzzer and we're off. And the funny thing is that once you get started the last thing that you can think about is being nervous because you have a job to do you know you're like okay we're here now we can't fucking worry about being scared or like who is that gonna help um but i remember i'll start being not the fastest definitely not um and just looking around and people were still with us and i was like okay yeah this is definitely 
the A final of the Under 23 World Championships because we we'd worked on our start to a really good standard. You know, like we'd be able to be ahead um, from the first 500, like like we were in our heat. Um, so yeah. I just remember looking around, looking around, taking it all in around the 500, and I'm like, where the fuck are the Romanians? Where the, where the fuck are they? All right, so I look, I have to turn my head even more, and I'm like, those fuckers have absolutely, they've gone. They're not, are the Romanians in the room with us right now? No. And obviously, we're trying to be world champions, okay? Like, we, we beat them once you know we have this energy of we can beat them again and i'm like catherine like they they've gone we can't fucking settle right like we need to move with them to be in the race you have to be to win the race you have to be in the race you know so that kind of put a spanner in the works for our race plan but it really pushed us it really really did and it was like cool to see how we could adapt and cool to see how under pressure we were able to do what we physically could have done you know there was no race plan that we were like okay we're gonna move before the k and from what we had analyzed from the romanians they're not as fast off the start but their second k is crazy fast you know so this is where that element of like kind of playing games with your opponent and not showing all your cards comes in. Because from that first race, we could have read them like perfectly, but they really stepped up in the final and just kind of had us out of our depths. We were like, oh my God, you know, like we're middle K girls and they're not even giving us a chance to do our middle K because they've moved. So yeah, from the 500, basically, it was almost like we were trying to play catch up and we were i was just not even aware of wherever the other boats were because i was so tunnel vision i was like i know that these are the ones to beat if i want to be a world champion everyone else god knows like you know and that's not like a cocky statement or anything it's just like these romanians are quick so we have to be quicker okay so yeah i i called push like three times i want to say and we kept on coming back and closing the gap and then they would push again and it just got to like after the k i want to say around 1500 and that's usually when i make a technical call and we get ready to build and absolutely blast it but we had spent so much energy just trying to catch up with them i i, I was lost for words i was absolutely speechless i had nothing to say because i was so exhausted and catherine kind of just took over i couldn't even hear her i was in so much pain but she just set that rhythm and i was like okay i'm gonna follow i'm gonna trust her and i'm gonna commit and yeah that last 500 felt like the slowest 500 ironically because we were just so bin by then and you've been outcast you know you have to sort of admit defeat um is it even defeat they're freaking phenomenal athletes you know but you you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses and it got to a point there was no energy left and the line was basically there and i remember looking over and the swiss were coming for us as well and i let out a little cry of like swiss just to let catherine know okay we need to at least maintain our position but it was a race okay like it was the raciest race i've ever been in it went by so quickly especially because the romanians made that move so early and i don't even know if they made a move or if they just never settled like if they just went off the start and were like okay this is going to be our fastest 500 let's go um but yeah it was very very fun and we ended up getting like a 650 which in comparison to the nine minutes <laughs> that we were doing at Henley Royal even though those conditions were awful but 
that was the fastest we had ever rode so it's just like we can't be mad at that we can't be we can't be mad at coming second in the world when the world champions literally did like a 648 which is one second of the under 23 world record so yeah they brought their a game they brought their a game they pushed us we were honestly like shocked with just how how close we were as well like we were much closer to them than last year too it was really really cool and it was really exciting just to see this is what we could string together in about a month and a half can you imagine if we had more time together unfortunately she's Catherine's gone back to Princeton now to finish her degree but yeah I hope that's not the last time that we will row in a boat together I know it's not I'll make sure of it so yeah it's really really cool we ended the race I was really happy just because I knew we left everything on the line and there was not one single second that could have been found and I think that's also what I was nervous about I was nervous of ending it and being like oh if I hadn't done that or if we did do this we could have gone faster but I ended it and I was like we gave the best performance we gave a performance of a lifetime there was nothing more that we could do and yeah ended up in silver second place which i'll take it i'll take it if you had told me a few months ago that i was gonna be even performing at the under 23 world championships i think i would have laughed at you i'd have been like lol me and this dodgy hit it ain't gonna happen let alone ending up being second in the world at the under 23 world championships like unreal and i'm just so grateful i'm so grateful for all of you guys that listen to me chat absolute bollocks and you know all the sweet messages that i've received along this journey and just uh, it warms my heart and it makes me excited to see where else i can take this like this has genuinely been been such a crazy season and you know being able to achieve what i have it's great like it's mad to me it's absolutely mad to me because last year I was like oh yeah like this is easy well not easy but I was like everything's going well you know everything went well and I came third this season nothing went well and I came second so I don't know if that's a little bit of life for you then there you go but now what am I gonna be getting up to not much I think I've come to terms with just the fact that it's gonna be a long journey um when I definitely have to like get back into rowing and like now rowing full-time I was debating like getting a good part-time job I do have a, a good job to be fair as an athlete mentor I love it but it's very like low maintenance um but I think I'll just stick with that rather than filling my plate even more. I've never really given myself the opportunity to be a full-time athlete other than these little summer breaks. So it'll be interesting to see how I'm able to develop and the skills that I'm able to learn throughout like the winter seasons when I usually be at school. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of how I'm feeling, honestly, just grateful, feeling so blessed and uh, so happy, I think. This is just how I needed to end the season. If you guys have been following the podcast, you know it's not been all glitz and glam. It's not been all sunshines and roses, okay? So yeah, it's nice to end it on a high. It's nice to end it feeling like it was all worth it, for sure. 
but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i will catch you in the next one